All right. Welcome back to the String Bean Podcast. My name is Kyle Gibbs. I'm the host of this podcast. Um, you are listening to Season 2, Episode 2, I believe. Um, this week I'm going to be talking about some academic kind of stuff. Um, focused more on some pretty cool things in biology. Um, if you don't know, I am a student at UCSD. I'm a second year and I love biology. I'm switching my major to general bio, um, probably at the end of this quarter, if not next quarter. Um, oh yeah, no, 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 sorry. Next quarter or spring quarter. I'm in fall 2021 right now. Um, but yeah, I want to preface this episode by saying that I'm trying to record in a place where I can get good audio quality with not too many like um, weird sounds like I I don't live completely alone I have other residents and stuff that live in my building so sometimes you'll hear like a knock here or there or something like that of like someone you know dropping their phone or moving a table around or something like that um, I don't know if you can hear that that just you know some like flush their toilet or something but um yeah i'm trying to get these podcasts out in um and like record them in a time and place where there won't be too much background noise but uh on campus right now there's not a whole lot of options so kind of making do with what i have i am planning on sometime in the future making some sort of recording booth for the podcast and for my music and stuff that I'll be putting out at some point in the future so yeah go check that out when it (laughs) when it becomes a thing but yeah so for now let's hop on into this um like I said this is going to be about some bio kind of stuff some academic stuff and if you didn't listen to uh, season two, episode one. Definitely go check that out. It's kind of a uh, a description, an explanation of what the next few months of the podcast are going to look like, in um, like a rotating topic kind of thing. So this is the first one of those. Um, but yeah, let's get on into it. So I came across this article by LiveScience.com called. Italian shark has virgin birth after 10 years in all-female shark tank. So that's pretty cool. So this female shark has been isolated from males for over 10 years, but it gave birth to a baby shark. This, these sharks are smoothhound sharks, which I don't know anything about, but apparently they can give birth without um, a male. Females can give birth without a male. And this is a survival mechanism that's kind of like a last resort for some animals, some sharks, um, some lizards I know do this, Uh, plants do this. It's called parthenogenesis. It's basically, I think that's how you pronounce it, by the way. I read it, the word parthenogenesis, before I ever heard it, so I could be pronouncing that wrong. Um, But yeah, basically... a. female can fertilize its own egg with what is called a polar body. Now, 
gametes are sex cells, so sperm and eggs. The female sex cells, the female gametes are the eggs. When they're produced, they start as a diploid uh, cell, which basically means it has two copies of the chromosomes. So gametes are haploid, which basically means they only have one copy of the chromosomes. So let's, let's break that down a little bit. It starts diploid, it breaks into two cells. Now those are um, haploid kind of, because it's like, this is a little confusing. It's probably better if you look up a picture of like meiosis. Um, but basically starts diploid, has two copies of each chromosome, which is made of two sister chromatids, which are, you know, two halves of the chromosome. So when that splits, now there's two cells that ha each have one pair of sister chromatids, and then each of those two cells splits. So then there's four haploid cells with one of each sister chromatid. So that's how sperm cells divide. Egg cells, or ovums, if you want to be all cool and sciency, they start the same way. They start diploid, and then they break, or they, they don't break, sorry. They separate, they dive, uh, divide, thank you, sorry. They divide, but they don't divide evenly. So the fluid that fills a cell is called cytoplasm. Whichever one of those two resulting cells has more cytoplasm, which basically just means it has more stuff in it, it's bigger, then becomes the next stage of the egg cell. While the other one is called a polar body, and that still contains some of the genetic material, some of the chromosomes, which is, you know, DNA wrapped up really tight. And then that bigger one, the one with more cytoplasm, splits again, and the same thing happens. One gets more cytoplasm, and the other one becomes a polar body. Now normally, I think, if any of you know about uh, parthenogenesis and meiosis more than I do, I'm not sure what the polar bodies do. I think they're just recycled into like proteins and sugars and you know, whatever. Like they're just kind of recycled for the body to reabsorb and use those nutrients. But in parthenogenesis, when an organism, specifically a female organism, either a plant or animal, like a, one of these smoothhound sharks or um, lizards or whatever, like those animals that can do parthenogenesis, is they'll take those polar bodies, those smaller uh, genetic material containing kind of almost cells that split off from the original diploid cell that the egg started as, those polar bodies will fertilize the new egg cell, the bigger one. Because they both contain genetic material that isn't exactly the same. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's kind of hard to wrap your mind around. But yeah, if you look up some visual of um, meiosis or if you look up parthenogenesis, um, I'm sure there'll be some sort of graph or, you know, visual kind of thing that can explain it a little bit better than just my voice messing words up. Um, but yeah, 
it's kind of a last resort for a female to put its genetics, its genes into the next generation without a mate. And that's a really cool survival mechanism. However, it doesn't usually work. And when it does, it's got some little quirks here and there. So I'm going to kind of go into that. So because there's no uh, mate when uh, an organism, a plant or an animal self-fertilizes, it reduces the genetic variation of the next generation. So what does that mean? Genetic variation is basically, it's, it's pretty much what it sounds like. It's the variety of genes in a population of some sort of organism, some plant or animal. I'm just going to stick with animals because plants do things a little differently, or they can. Um, but yeah, let's just take the smooth hound sharks, for example. The Not every single one of them is exactly the same in a genetic way, just like we're not people. Uh, we are people, just like we aren't exactly the same as people, um, just to clarify. Our genes are different. They are make, they're what makes us who we are. So these smooth hound sharks are the same way, where each one of them has unique genes. So when you take a male and a female and, you know, they reproduce, the next generation has a combination of those two parents' genes, and they're different from both of their parents. That's that's a good thing. I'm going to get into why that's a good thing in a second. But basically, because there's no mate, you're taking away half of those genes and basically just using your own to fertilize your own egg. Which, as you can kind of you know tell, that would reduce genetic variation because you're taking half of the genes out. So it's, it's a form of inbreeding, technically. Now, genetic variation is a really good thing in pretty much every context there could be. So I'm going to kind of um, make a little bit of a metaphor example kind of thing. So imagine there's only one job, one profession, and that is farming. Now, it could work for a little while. You know, there would be a lot of food. There could be an economy going around kind of, you know. It could kind of work for a little bit, but let's say some sort of natural disaster or disease outbreaks and it's very contagious and it's very deadly and every profession or every farm is at risk for this disease. Every farmer is at risk for contracting this disease because there's only one form of expertise, and that is growing food, and it has nothing to do with this disease. It could wipe out a huge chunk of the population, if not everyone. And then that's, you know, that's devastating for the population. That could make them go extinct. Now let's take the same example, but instead of one profession, there's, you know, two or three, where there's also doctors and public health professionals that make policies and stuff. So everyone is still at risk for this disease, but if you have people who kind of know how to counteract this and how to reduce the transmission of this disease and everything, the population has a better chance of recovering. And basically, the more jobs that there are, the more expertise that there is, the more things can go wrong without the entire population dying, if that makes sense. 
So it's the same kind of thing when you look at the genetic variation and some sort of natural disaster. You know, your genes, your genetic makeup makes up, or doesn't make, sorry, hmm, your genome, which is your, your genes, all of your genes, kind of describes or leads to how you respond to your environment. If everyone responds to the environment the same way, and the environment is hard to survive in, such as during a famine or a heat wave or a drought or something, and everyone responds to it the same exact way, then everyone is going to have the same exact trouble surviving through that. But if there's different genes and people respond to the environment differently, some people have a better tolerance for the weather or like high temperatures, they can go longer without any water, those people have a better chance of surviving. And the more variation of those responses there are, the more natural disasters and stuff like that can be thrown at this population and fewer of them will die, theoretically. So it's kind of a brief overview of why genetic variation is a good thing. Because as the environment changes, you know, like how it's doing with global warming and everything, the more genetic variation there is, the higher chances of things surviving through that and producing the next generation. Now, that still does reduce genetic variation in the population. Lots of Asians, generation, population, genetic variation. Oh, a lot of Asians there. But the general idea is, I forgot where I was going with that. Oh yeah, so the environment with global warming and everything is changing a lot. And the more genetic variation there is, the better chance each population, each type of organism has of producing children and offspring and stuff like that. But that does reduce the genetic variation as individuals are dying out. So like the next population or the next generation will only have those genes that can survive through that because all the other ones are going to die. So while it does reduce genetic variation, that is kind of the whole idea of survival of the fittest. And a lot of people, I know I, I thought of this when I heard survival of the fittest, is like survival of those that are the most fit, as in the most in shape. But it just means survival of those who have the best chance of reproducing. That's what fitness is in terms of evolutionary biology, is the odds of you mating and passing your genes on. <clears throat> so that's the whole idea of survival of the fittest, is if you can survive through some sort of extreme situation that most of the population can't survive through, then you get to pass your genes on. So your genes are surviving. You are more fit. So yeah. Oh, that's kind of the whole idea of natural selection and survival of the fittest and everything like that. Um, if you are interested in that kind of stuff, super cool. Me too. Uh, if you are a UCSD student or you're a prospective UCSD student and this piques your interest, look into taking uh, Build 3. I took that last year and it's definitely one of my top few favorite classes I've taken here taken ever actually in all of my academic history. Um, I took it with 
Professor Caffrey. She is the GOAT, so if you can take it with her, I definitely suggest that. But, um, you know, if you're interested in, in evolutionary biology and ecology and stuff like that, you're probably interested in bio as a whole. And all the lower divs, um, lower division bio classes are really cool. I've taken all of them, or all the, not all of them, definitely not all of them. Uh, the first three, build one, two, and three, and they're all really cool. I'll probably be taking build four at some point this year, which is the lab class. Um, but yeah. And if you're interested in bio and you're a bio major, you will also have to take chem, which mm, not not very fun at all, actually. Chem sucks in college. I liked it in high school. I had a really good teacher. Um, but I think it's just kind of a thing at UCSD that we don't have amazing chem professors. At least that's been my experience with COVID and everything. I've only taken chem online and online classes are not the move. I'm sure most of you take, or most of you listening to this are students or have been students in the last two years and you've had to do classes online and hard classes online such as chem or you know upper division anything it's not not very easy definitely you know tempted to like cheat on things and everything like that because they can't really catch everyone but i do have to recommend that you don't cheat so you can actually learn and stuff i know it's really easy to when things are online but you know if you can keep your dignity and not do that then you have a better chance of actually learning what is being taught taught with quotations around it because watching a pre-recorded video of a professor doing stoichiometry doesn't really help you learn how to do it but you know do your best to find some resources where you can learn go to tutoring um at ucsd they have some free tutoring through oasis um, and content tutoring and there's SI um, and you know study groups and everything that are all free so try to take advantage of those you know find get some friends expand your network there's always people who have done those classes because everyone has to do them pretty much all the bio majors have to do chem so if you know anyone who's you know an upperclassman who has or who is a bio major they've pretty much definitely done the lower division chem classes they're probably in or finished with ochem so see if they can help you but yeah don't cheat that's the that's the whole thing is don't cheat it's not worth it if you get caught and you get zeros and you get that on your record then that's a that's a big problem <laughs> but you know if you get a, a bad grade relative to what you would normally get you know that's that's a lot better than getting an f because you cheated on one test or something it's, just, it's not worth it is what i'm trying to say and i know everyone knows not to cheat but because things are online right now it can be really easy to i just have to recommend against it so but yeah um that was kind of the main topic for this episode is parthenogenesis or however you pronounce it. 
I think it's really cool. Um, and the reason that that, that uh, article was significant is because that's the first time they've seen the smooth hound shark specifically um, utilize parthenogenesis. They've seen other sharks do it and other animals and everything. Like it's not an uncommon thing in nature, but it was the first time they'd seen that specific species of shark um, do that. So that's, you know, that's really cool. And I don't, let me check the article really quick just to see when that happened. I think it was like probably two weeks ago or something. I'm just gonna look it up really quick. Uh, yeah, September 8th. So this is October 24th, so about a month and a half ago. Um, but yeah. So just to be transparent, I recorded this episode last week. This is, I'm, you know, Sunday, October 24th. I recorded this last Sunday, uh, but I was kind of going through some stuff and I listened to the episode back and I could kind of like hear it in my voice and I didn't like it. So I didn't post it and I didn't re-record it until tonight. Um, just, you know, midterms last week and everything going through some personal stuff. So wasn't super jazzed about recording a podcast, but I'm uh, feeling good now, you know, feeling a bit better. I went rock climbing twice in the last week or so. Yeah, twice in the last like five days. Um, and that's super fun. Like I'm, I don't want to like go on a huge rant here because rock climbing isn't about bio this might be just a little introduction into the next episode which will likely be about athletics so stay tuned for that but yeah UCSD has a rock wall like a, a little gym a mini gym over by one of the pools uh, at Canyon View for those of you who are students here and didn't know and it's free for students as long as you have your ID card and like your symptom screener saying that you have your green thumb you can just go and rock climb, you have to rent the shoes, but they are free. They'll just, you know, ask you your size and then you can just go climb these walls. And it's super fun and it's super difficult. Like, I think I got past the very beginning learning curve pretty quick just because of like pole vault and everything like that. But I'm like up to kind of the point where I'm like struggling with the like medium difficulty so there's like, I think eight different ranks. There's like V0 through V7. Um, I did V0 is really easy. V1 is pretty easy. V2 is pretty easy. And then V3s are the ones that I'm struggling with. I've completed like one or two of them, but there's this one specific one. If you go, it's the one with the blue and yellow tape in the left corner of the cave. Um, that I just, there's one point that I'm having a you know, problem getting to because my left forearm keeps giving out like before I can get up to the next uh like handhold or whatever so I battled with that one for probably a good 45 minutes to an hour today and just you know I got closer than I did last time but I still did not get it oh <sighs> so I'll probably update you guys with that one because I'm planning on going um, every Sunday or, you know, every weekend, someday that I don't really have a practice because it does kind of shred your forearms up a bit. But, uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun. I went with Finn. Uh, Finn has been on here twice, I think. He was my roommate last year. He's 
one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. He came with me this week and it was super fun. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping that by the next episode, I will have conquered the blue and yellow corner route of the cave at Canyon View Rockwall because I now have like a personal grudge against it to where I couldn't get it two days in a row or two sessions in a row. <clears throat> but I am, I do feel like I'm getting better. I have more of a mind for the strategies and stuff now. And I think it's really good cross training for pole vault. And um, that started last week, pole vaulting. And that is, oh, I'm so excited, you guys. I'm going to go more into detail with that next episode. So stay tuned for that. I think that'll be a very, very good episode, very passionate episode probably um yeah sorry if my voice is a little bit boring right now it's 11 15 p.m and i'd normally go to bed at like 10 30 so you know but yeah thank you for listening this has been a really fun episode to record i love this kind of stuff i hope you can kind of tell based on how i speak about it and um yeah so i'm no i'm by no means an expert i am a student and I am interested in it, but, you know, I'm, I'm 19. I'm not an expert in biology. But uh, I hope to be one day. I think that'd be really cool. So, you know, this, this podcast is kind of a documentation, like a form of documenting my, my mental, spiritual, physical... Uh, emotional kind of growth through the years so you know while I do have hopes that this episode will become or not this episode specifically but this show this podcast will become popular that's not the main goal here I'm just kind of doing this as a way for me to look back and view my progress and uh, the way that my you know I think about things has changed over time so yeah, that's kind of why I'm organizing things this way now. And uh, I forgot where I was going with that. But yeah, thank you for listening. I really appreciate that. Um, I think this will be really fun, this, this new formatting where I can kind of focus mostly on one thing. I know I went into rock climbing and stuff because that's just something that I, you know, just got back from right before I recorded this. So it was right on my mind. But um yeah, hopefully you guys learned something or at least found this interesting. If you think that I got something wrong um or like mispronounced something or completely omitted some necessary fact or whatever, definitely let me know and um I appreciate that because like I said, I'm not an expert interested in this stuff. I feel like I have a pretty good brain for it, but, you know, not perfect. So let me know what you think. And uh, any comments or questions or anything like that are always welcome. You guys know where to contact me. If you don't, my Instagram is official.taupe. Send me a DM. Uh, follow me. I'll probably follow you back. All that good stuff. And I think I'm going to start doing these at the end of the episode, but just so I can kind of get some things um, organized a bit better, I can afford to get some sort of new mic and some sort of better recording setup for better audio quality and stuff.
because I'm hoping to be getting these episodes a bit more high quality. Uh, you can Venmo me. I would really appreciate that. My Venmo is Kyle Gibbs one um, You don't have to at all, but if you do feel like showing your support and you are craving some higher quality in terms of audio and content, you know, that's a, that's a way you can support me. If not, just by listening to these and uh, sharing them with your friends or your family or whoever you think would find it interesting, really appreciate that as well. So again, thank you guys for listening. I love each and every one of you so very much. I will catch you next time.